This is the EP Growth Podcast from Hunter Rehabilitation and Health. We are here to grow the exercise physiology profession through supporting the professional and personal growth of young EPs in the industry. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the EP Growth Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCarthy, the Director of Hunter Rehabilitation and Health. And I'll be flying solo today. No Chris with us today, but I wanted to dive straight into today's topic. I want to provide 10 quick tips on dealing with patients with persistent pain. Now, I've had this recommendation from a lot of younger EPs that they need some more training and some more tips around dealing with these patients with persistent pain. It's uh, it's becoming very common in uh, our EP's diaries that they do have several patients with persistent or chronic pain and um, let's not beat around the bush. They are tricky clients. They are definitely tricky ones and we need to have all our skills up to date uh, to ensure that we give ourselves the best opportunity to get a great outcome with these patients. So I'm going to provide my top 10 tips on dealing with patients with persistent pain today. And hopefully you guys can take a few of these away and start to get some great outcomes. So tip number one is probably my favorite one is look after yourself. Now, what that means is fill up your cup first before filling up anyone else's cup. You need to look after yourself first. So what that means is you need to have the energy and you need to to look after yourself um, physically and mentally, emotionally to be able to give that back. We're in the service-based industry. We're healthcare professionals. If we don't look after ourselves first, we've got nothing back. We've got nothing to give back. We've got no energy. And if we don't have that energy, then there's very little chance we're going to get a great outcome. So look after yourself and what that looks like. I know for me, when I go to the gym in the morning, 6 a.m., smash out my gym class, I come into the clinic full of energy. I feel great and I want to give all that energy back to the people around me. Um, If I've had terrible sleep, haven't exercised that week, I'm feeling terrible. I'm on my second or third coffee and I just don't have that energy to give back. So it's extremely important to look after yourself first. Um, Be as healthy as you possibly can because then you can give back. So look after yourself first. Second one I'd say is is listen. I think this is a very common one. Um, it's pretty straightforward, but it is listening in the initial consult. Don't speak over the top of them. Let them tell their story. Let them tell you their views on on what they believe is causing the pain and be empathetic. Listen and listen and listen. Um, ideally, if you can get that one hour initial assessment, that would be great. But if it's, if it's less than that, 20 or 30 minutes, uh, book in multiple sessions in that first week to, to unravel um, more of their story and show that you care. Don't be too fussed about going into the gym and doing your objective measures. The the initial assessment can be listening to them. And as long as you pre-frame that to them at the beginning that, hey, I want to hear your story and I want to get to know everything about you and and what's causing this pain and what has led you up to this point to visiting me today. This might take the entire consult. It might not. But if it does take the entire consult, great. I think it's still a great outcome uh, because I think it'll build a great foundation for us moving forward. So pre-frame that at the beginning of the consult that you might be able to, or that you may be uh, chatting with them throughout the entire initial assessment. 
Second one is, or third one, sorry, tip number three is you're working collaboratively with them. You are not treating them and you are not their their hero to, to provide all their solutions. So this takes the pressure off yourself in terms of it's your job to fix them, okay? You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers, I'll say that. And you need to support them along their journey. So you want to work collaboratively as a team. You are on their team. You're work, walking alongside them on this journey uh, back to doing what they love. And I want you to frame that to them in their initial assessment, that you are there to empower them. And there's going to be a shared responsibility there. There's a shared responsibility between yourself and the patient. They've got an accountability to do their exercises and keep up um yeah, their exercise regime and and everything you've advised them to do. Um, and you've got an accountability to to turn up to the sessions, provide the, uh, give them the energy that, that they need and listen to them as well and provide that pathway out of it. You're going to work together. This isn't you treating them. You're working collaboratively. So framing that to the client takes the pressure off you, takes the expectations away that you're there to fix them. Um, within that as well, chatting with them about uh this comes into yeah slides into the fourth tip is setting your expectations in that initial assessment ask what their expectations of you are and you can set what your expectations of they uh, of uh your expectations of them this will ultimately ensure that you have a great uh, future moving forward together because you've set expectations quite early your expectations are they turn up to all their consultations they turn up on time you are your expectations are they are open-minded and they are willing to try new things um, and they set the expectations of, of yourself and then you can obviously work together that way because you're meeting each other's expectations when this doesn't go well it's usually a mismatch of expectations they expected one thing you didn't provide it and they've left so setting those expectations quite early next one is Open-ended questions. Ask plenty of open-ended questions, not yes or no uh, close-ended questions, open-ended questions. So, um, yeah, tell me more about uh, when you feel the most amount of pain. Tell me what you'd do if you weren't in pain. I want you to explain to me what a week would look like pain-free in your life right now. Um, get them to really explain things, explore those options. Um, why did you make the decision to, to call up and book in today rather than uh, two months ago? Um, asking these, these questions is definitely going to help unravel the story a little bit more and give them every opportunity uh, to obviously explain their story to you. The next one, tip number six. is understanding their deep why. Understand, and that, that leads in from those open-ended questions. Understanding their deep why. Why are they here and what is, what is their why? Obviously they will say to get out of pain, but it is our job as an exercise physiologist to be great communicators, to be able to unravel that a little bit further in terms of why that is important to them. It might seem straightforward and it might sound silly asking these questions for the first time as a new grad, but trust me, you get some great responses and it is the way moving forward. So if they say to get out of pain, you can ask them why, why would you like to get out of pain? And then they can, they can uh, delve into the next little section. 
And then you can ask why again and ask why again. So asking the five whys, we've talked about this on previous uh, episodes. So asking the five whys, uh, which is asking why five times after their initial answer and hopefully you get towards their deep why. Tip number seven is show vulnerability. They might not trust you. They've, They've put their trust in a lot of health practitioners before you and they might not trust you. So understand that and it's your job to build trust. As simple as that. How do you build trust? Pat Lencioni uh, describes building trust through vulnerability. And I think Brene Brown also mentions this as well. Build trust through vulnerability, be vulnerable. You don't have to be this almighty health practitioner who knows everything about everything and you're there to fix everyone. That does not help anyone. Show vulnerability, uh, be yourself. And this helps build trust. They get to know that you're another human being. You're working collaboratively with them. And it's a, uh, yes, it's a joint process. So hopefully that helps build trust. And once they trust you, they'll start to listen to you. Another one is trying to get their understanding of their readiness to change. So they might not be ready to change and that's why it's so difficult to get an outcome with them. So it's quite simple, gauge where they're at in terms of if they're ready to change or not. Um, if they're a zero out of 10 it's and they don't wanna change, then make them aware of that and, and then you can, we can have that discussion. But ask them, on a scale of zero to 10, how confident are you that this is going to get better? Or on a scale of zero to 10, how keen are you to start this journey to getting better? Ask these questions on scales of zero to 10. It it helps them identify themselves. They might not be aware that they're not ready to change. And then you can discuss that a little bit more that that's going to be one of the barriers to them actually getting a great outcome. The next one is uh, tip number eight, I believe, nine, is pacing. We talk about pacing a lot in chronic pain and we all know what pacing is and we can educate them about pacing um, and ensuring they don't overdo it and have a flare up. But this might not necessarily be the best tip moving forward. These are all patients, um, these are all humans and they've got some things that they love to do. So we understand that when they do overdo it, it doesn't cause more damage. They have a flare up, yes, but it doesn't cause more damage. It doesn't cause more tissue damage, it doesn't cause more physical damage. So I think a really great tip is having that conversation with them and giving them permission to do the things they love every now and then and letting them know that they will most likely have a flare up from it. But as a result, they've got to do the things that they love. It might be going to a wedding and they're sitting down in the in the, the hard wooden chairs in the church, the pews for, for two hours um, and just let them know that that's okay. You can you can do that. You're going to be a little bit sore the next day, but you can do things like that. You, you, you can't be so rigid with the pacing schedule that you avoid things that you, um, that you love. If you have a keen golfer, um, get them doing a little bit of yeah putting um, and, and and expose them to these things. They need to have enjoyment in their life, and we don't want to be so rigid with the pacing that we remove 
the most enjoyable aspects of their life away because this will ultimately make it a lot worse. And the last one is they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So we have all the stats on chronic pain. Most of the time, my mistake as as a new graduate EP was showing them the stats around um, asymptomatic individuals that have gone through an MRI and letting them know this is how much percent of of 50-year-olds that have a disc bulge. Can you see that it's 80%? um, 80% of people that are 50 years old have a disc bulge. I would be telling this in their initial assessment before I've shown them I've cared, before I've gained their trust, and it just wouldn't mean anything to them. It just go in one ear, one out, out the other. So all that information about chronic pain, leave it for later. Once once you've known you've got that trust, maybe session three, four, five, and layer it. Don't give it to them all in one go and try to educate them too much in the initial assessment. You're there to listen. So there's plenty of information on chronic pain, but don't. Uh, it's very tempting to give it all to them in the initial assessment and tell them that their, their thoughts might be incorrect. Um and try to change their beliefs, but layer that approach and be mindful of laying that approach. All right, they're the 10 tips. Hopefully you guys have written some of those down. You're gonna try them with your uh, patients with persistent pain and we can keep working together as a profession. I honestly believe that exercise physiology is the best profession to work with these patients with persistent pain and it's the solution moving forward. We need to get better at communicating and working with these patients and we can start to get some great outcomes and make a real impact in our local communities and in Australia and then ultimately the world. That's it for today, guys. That's all we've got time for. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, and thank you so much for all the reviews as well. It's, it's been absolutely humbling and I will keep putting out these episodes because of the feedback from all you guys. So thank you very much. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the EP growth podcast. I would be forever grateful if you left a review, subscribe to our channel and also share this podcast with any of your friends. So we could ultimately grow this profession together. If you'd like any further information, please check us out on hunterrehab.com.au. Bye for now.